0: Hello, my name is Ben Jenkins and welcome to another episode of the New Grad Radio Podcast. The podcast following the experiences of a new graduate nurse starting into the intensive care unit. So it's been a few episodes now since I made my last episode uh, for the New Grad Radio Podcast. It's because I've been in the absolute grind mindset of getting my first assignment all ready and prepared to hand in. It's um it's due on Monday, so it's due in an two and a bit days time, but almost there, but it's uh. I can't wait to talk about the experiences of handing in my first uh, assignment. Uh, When it's come to my transition books, you can sort of do it in your own time. And it's something that's sort of set questions that you do a bit of research for. You'll get something signed off by an experienced nurse and you sort of, it's things that you see every day and it's really applicable to the job. Um, With assignments, as you know, anyone who's gone through nursing school is currently in nursing school it takes a lot of background research and it takes a lot of time to be gathering the information and then be able to write your actual assignment. Assignment writing to me hasn't really come natural at all so it takes a while for me to get assignments done but getting off track a little bit. So it's due on Monday, Uh, I've then got two weeks holiday coming up so I can't wait to keep talking about a lot of the experiences that have happened in the last two weeks. There's been a lot of firsts which I can't wait to talk about on this podcast but uh, for today, I'll talk about an experience that I haven't come across before, um, which when I first came on, it actually got me quite excited. It's something that sounded like it was a real good challenge. So the patient I had today, um, I won't go into too much of a history, he's had a bleed on the brain, um, and today I have actually was, was able to extubate him um, in a good way, which is always a, which is always a good start. Um so anyway so he's overnight he's decided to have quite a few bradycardic episodes so his heart rate was normally sitting around the low 70s to mid 70s and pretty much instantaneously his blood his heart rate would would pretty much go straight down to 38 34 <laughs> so uh, quite low um and so when this sort of happens like it's they believe it may have been because of some sort of vagal response by having the endotracheal tube in his mouth. And when he would cough, it would stimulate that vagus nerve, which then dumps his heart rate. So it's. I guess that's one thing about the intensive care unit in general. We have so many things attached to our patient that we're able to see real-time data when it comes to not only heart rate, but you've also got an arterial line in. So the arterial line is looking at real-time blood pressure. So you're able to see second-by-second blood pressure changes. Now, when it comes to a heart rate being that low, um, this is something that it took me a little while to get my head around it at start, uh, just when you're talking about the theoretical concepts of things. But having a low heart rate out of nowhere, whilst obviously it's abnormal... Unless there is significant changes to your blood pressure, there's nothing to really be done about it in that moment. And so what happened overnight was that his, his patient's um, heart rate would, would go low, and the nurse would be there thinking, okay, well, you know, is his heart rate like maintaining low? You no, know, it could go low for that moment, but does it pick back up straight away. Uh, and then you have also gonna be looking at the, the blood pressure. so is the systolic and the mat really starting to drop? Um, or is it sort of holding stable? And so you've just sort of have that moment of not just being like, oh my God, something's wrong, I have to do something about it. But it's, it's a matter of looking at the, the, the patient in general, taking a step back, looking, yes, at the monitor and looking at the numbers, but you also wanna be looking at the patient, you know, is, is, has anything changed in regards to your patient? Has one moment they've been sitting there interacting with you, giving you thumbs up, thumbs down, communicating, and all of a sudden now they're not moving? You know, maybe it's because there has been a change in that regards or maybe their heart rate is so super low on the monitor and it's binging at you and it's saying that it's critical levels, but the patient is still there interacting with you with you all fine. Like it's, it's one thing to be looking at your numbers But you also, most importantly, have to be looking at your patient throughout all this sort of stuff as well. I can definitely see, especially being a graduate, you you can see yourself just getting fixated on things that are abnormal. But now being six months in and I've experienced a few, like a lot of things now in the ICU, especially in a high acuity ICU, where there's a lot of abnormal things that you just see every single day. So now you're starting to learn, uh, I'm starting to step back and look at the bigger picture a bit more and not getting as freaked out about the, the just specifics in that sort of way. So overnight this patient required quite a few different um, medications to, to be helping increase that heart rate because it was dropping his blood pressure. Um, so they required atropine is one, so it's an anticholinergic medication which has a, an effect of um increasing heart rate. Um, But then you also have another medication which is called glycopyrrolate Now for me, like I've heard of atropine before because it's used especially with the pre-hospital setting. Um, And it was used mostly by intensive care paramedics. But for me, like it's something like, oh geez, like that's what the intensive care paramedics does. Now I have that at my disposal that I could potentially use. Um, So Uh, they had used atropine, but now glycopyrrolate's a medication I've never heard of before. Um, And it turns out it works in a very similar way to atropine. So it works by increasing your heart rate. Um, Fun fact, it can also be used to, because it's an anticholinergic medication, it can be used to reduce secretions. And someone also said today that it can also, because of, again, anticholinergic effects, it stops you from sweating. So, interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so today my patient, like, I was under instruction to not really be used atropine because we have pretty much maxed out the doses overnight. Um, so for me, I had uh, it all pretty much resting on my table All with um, little, uh, because it presents in I'm fairly certain it was a one mil little thing So it presents in 200, I'd like to say it's units um, Of of this medication um, And I had my little three mil syringe there With the drawing up needle, all ready to go Just in case it would have happened So always be prepared, I had it all at my desk If anything were to happen at any time I'd be prepared, ready to go um, so anyway, so I did require it a few times today. So it was only twice. Um, it, he, his his heart rate went down probably about, I'll say upwards of about 15 times. But there was two episodes there where his heart rate was sustaining 41. Uh, and his blood pressure was certainly trending downwards. Um, it wasn't as if his blood pressure was super, super low. It was going from... A systolic of, you know, solid 140 down to a 100 sort of mark. So that's a good solid 40 drop there, all within a matter of a minute. So it's, yeah, it's <laughs> something to be mindful and keeping your eye on. So, and after I've given it, um, and the way that you give it in ICU is that it was via the central line. Um, so on the central line, I'll make a, another topic about management of central lines as well, from what I've been learning over the last six months. Um, but something I've uh, again part of the central line when it's as part of your when it's inserted into the internal jugular um, vein um, you can then have on one of the particular lumens what we call the CVP now it's it's a stronger sort of material strong plastic material that's connected to a transducer just like the arterial line is so it's in the inflated bag and I'll talk about this sort of stuff in another episode anyway but this one is directly measuring your central venous pressure up on your on your monitor screen. Uh, and one cool thing about this CVP is it has a port in which you're able to um, insert medication, like a little port that you can screw on and insert medications into. And then you've got your little tiny sort of toggly bit which you can pull and then it flushes it for you straight into the patient. So if you ever need to... And that's one thing I've learned straight away and something... Um, know how to give medications quickly if you need to give medications like always I've always got in the back of my mind almost like a paramedic mindset constantly well if something were to happen right now what do I need to do and how can I give it if something were to go wrong so I knew that I had my glycopyrrolate sitting there in its ampule with my 10 ml syringe and my drawing up needle and I knew that if I needed to give it rapidly I could give it through my CVP port so Anyway, that was a fun little experience today, something I haven't experienced before. Um, I'm six months in, and I'm constantly seeing just new stuff every day. So again, I've had a little tiny bit of a a break just by working super, super hard on this assignment. It's almost done, but you can certainly expect uh, a bucket load more uh, of podcast episodes ready to come. So hope you've enjoyed it. I can't wait to talk to you soon, I hope you have a fantastic day.